Well, good morning, everybody. That's not a very enthusiastic good morning. I've been up here all morning saying good morning, so say good morning back to me. Good morning. There we go. Wonderful. It has been a real joy for me to have served this congregation over the last 18 years. And thank you. Thank you. And as I look out over this congregation, I, I know that there are stories about each one of us that indicate that we share significant parts of life together, that our lives are intertwined with each other in ways that we just can't even imagine. But that's the way that God does things. God knits us together through the power of the Holy Spirit in ways that we could never do by ourselves. And so I, I recognize that um, during a time like this, when I'm leaving the congregation, that I'm experiencing grief. My therapist told me that I have to acknowledge that. <laughs> I'm experiencing grief, and I know that, that many of you are doing the same. But that's, that's the way life is. The uh, old Greek philosopher Heraclitus said that the only thing that remains constant is change. And so things change. And here we are right now, today. And what we remember is that God is always faithful and that God is always with us. Through that invisible thread of the Holy Spirit, we are joined together in ways that, um, that only God could put together. And we also remember that every time we experience a loss, every time we experience one of those jolting things that takes us out of our normal life, that God is there to bring us comfort. Let's pray. Gracious God, you love us every moment of every day of our lives and beyond. You have brought us the breath of life. You have brought us the love that we share with you and with one another. You have brought us the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit. And as we come to worship you today, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be acceptable to you in your sight this day. For you are indeed our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So if you remember last week, we did the first part of verse 4, and uh, Pastor Tom told you about dark valleys, and here's just one example of a dark valley, and there may have been a time in your life, or there may be a time right now, where you're at the bottom of that dark place, and you may feel abandoned, and you may feel despair, and you may feel a great sense of loss. But the assurance that comes to us is that even though we walk through the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, when our very existence is called into question, God is with us. And I hope that you notice that when we get to verse 4, there is a significant change that happens. In the first part of 
the, the psalm, God is referred to as He. Okay? He is, He leads me down, He leads me, He restores my soul. But when we get to verse 4, when it really gets important, it changes from He to you. God, up close and personal. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God is right here, right now, always has been, always will be. So what is a rod and a staff? What does a shepherd do with a rod and a staff? Well, here's just one picture. A rod is that relatively short, heavy, club-like device. The staff, of course, you're more familiar with that than you are with a rod. But here's what they're used for. (laughs) The shepherd uses the rod in order to ward off wild animals to protect the flock. So God is our protector. Not only does God provide for us, but God also protects us. And the staff is used to rescue us from places that we probably shouldn't have gone or to keep us from going to those places in the first place. And it kind of reminds me of, I mean, one of the shepherd's roles is like a parent protecting a small child. Don't touch that stove. Don't walk off the cliff. Don't do, the, don't do this. Stay safe. And that's what the shepherd is supposed to do, to protect the people, to defend the people, the flock, and also to rescue the flock from danger. Unfortunately, one of the things that happened in Israel's history when they were walking through their darkest valley, um, there was a difficult time. The shepherds failed. Now, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 2, David himself is described as the shepherd king. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Look, we are your bone and flesh. For some time, while Saul was king over us, it was you who led out Israel and brought it in. The Lord said to you, It is you who shall be shepherd of my people Israel, you who shall be ruler over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, And King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. So David, even though he was sort of the paradigm for the king, disappointed the people. He made mistakes, just like you and I. We're fallible. Trusting human leaders will always lead to disappointment. You're never going to find one human leader who really can satisfy all of the things that we need. And at this particular time in Israel's history, during that period of the exile, from 587 to 586, the Babylonians besieged Jerusalem and eventually broke down the walls, razed the city, and burned the temple took the Israelites off into exile in Babylon. That was a terribly difficult time for them. Their whole sense of identity 
was practically destroyed. And it would have been a question about whether or not they could have survived throughout history. And the prophet Ezekiel laments the fact that Israel's shepherds failed. Here's what he says. The word of the Lord came to me. Mortal, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, to the shepherds, thus says the Lord God. Ah, you shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the sheep. You have not strengthened the weak, you have not healed the sick, you have not bound up the injured, you have not brought back the strayed, you have not sought the lost, but with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered, because there was no shepherd. And scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep were scattered. They wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth, with no one to search or seek for them. Human leadership will always disappoint, will always let us down. But we know for a fact, and this God declares, that God will never let us down because God is always faithful. And if we're going to put our trust someplace, let's put our trust in God. So in Ezekiel, toward the end of that 34th chapter, he speaks, God speaks up. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among the scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep and I will make them lie down, says the Lord. So you hear in that passage from Ezekiel the echo of the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Only God can do that for us. And Israel remained in exile for more than 50 years. In their suffering, they realized that God had not abandoned them, that God was still with them, although it was difficult for them to realize, just like sometimes it's difficult for, for us to realize that in the depths of our despair and in our deepest, darkest valleys, God hasn't abandoned us. God is still there. And what God offered them is what God offers us as well. The prophet Isaiah speaks for God when he says, Oh, comfort, comfort my people, 
says the Lord your God. The Hebrew word for comfort is nichum, which means to call alongside of, to summon for assistance. That root word calls out for us the deep need that we have in times of difficulty for us to know that God is present with us. There are other ways that God can comfort us too. A friend can come alongside. Someone may have a word of scripture or someone may offer a wonderful, beautiful prayer for us to help us to realize that God is present with us. When have you been comforted? Can you think of a time or two when you really felt the comfort of God? When you were in one of those dark valleys, in one of those places that you didn't think that God was with you and that you felt alone? As I look out over this congregation, I know that there have been many instances of times when I have walked with you through dark valleys, through times of difficulty. When you got sick, when somebody that you loved died, when one of your kids got sick, when you lost a job and were out of work for months or maybe years at a time. Those times when we are taken out of our normal routine, our little bubble that we just kind of float along with and we realize that Life is different than what we imagined it to be. And it's at that time when God comes alongside us and we realize that God has been there all the time. We just haven't noticed it. There are plenty of times when I have been at bedsides, times when I have been in homes with you where we know that one of the fund of fundamental facts of life is that we all suffer. That's just the way life is. From the moment that we are born until the moment that we die, things happen in our lives that we did not plan for and that we cannot control. But the good news is that God is with us. Whom God calls we call God, God calls to us, we come together in that presence where there is comfort and peace and where there is a sense of union between us and God. I can't tell you how many times I've heard from you. I don't know how people who don't have any faith get through these kinds of situations. And the irony is that God is always here. That God is always with us. All the time. Acts 17, 28. One of Paul's parts of his uh, speech in, in Athens. Where he talks about in God we live and move and have our being. We are in God. God is in us all the time. Right here. Right now. The very fact of the incarnation is undisputable truth and proof that God is with us. Remember at Christmas time we sing Emmanuel, God with us. Well, that was Christmas time. 
And now we've moved over here and it's June. And we've left Emmanuel over there at Christmas. And when December comes around again, we'll remember that Emmanuel is here. That's just the way we are. That's just life. That's why it's important for us to remind ourselves and to be with one another. To remember that God is with us always. And that even though we are apart from one another, we are never apart from one another. God is always here. Now the Greek word for comfort is paraklesis, from which we get our word paraclete. And when we get to John 14, we'll talk about that word a little bit more. But the word paraklesis carries the same meaning as the Hebrew word nichom. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, on the Sermon on the Mount, says these words, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Well, normally, we don't think about people who are mourning as particularly blessed. It's a really difficult time. It's a dark place to be. And yet, blessing is what Jesus offers over those who mourn. Why blessing? Because God is already present in the mourning, in that place, in that desolation, in that darkness. God is here. God is present with us. That's why those who mourn are blessed. Because it takes us out of our normal consciousness and provides a possibility, an opening for us to realize that God's comforting presence is always, always with us. Always. John 14, Jesus on his departure from his disciples says these words if you love me you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate that's the word paraclete sometimes it's translated comforter sometimes advocate sort of a, a, a like a lawyer someone who comes to your assistance who comes to your aid in times of need. I will give you another advocate to be with you. How long? Not two weeks from now. Not a month from now. How long? Forever. Into eternity. Time beyond time. We, don't, we can't even imagine. This is the promise that's been made to us by Jesus. The Spirit of Truth, who is the Spirit of Jesus, whom the world can't receive because it doesn't believe, it neither sees nor knows this comforter, this paraclete, this advocate. But you, us, we will know him because why? He abides with us and is where? In us. Can we take that literally? Yes. You can take this to the bank. This will work. Always, God is with us. God is in us. God abides here. God rests here. And He says, I will not leave you orphaned. We are not orphans in the world. We are the beloved children of an almighty God. What more do we need? What more do we need?
the paraclete, the one who comes alongside us, who brings us assistance. I have a picture of the paraclete. Would you like to see it? This tugboat is called the paraclete. Honestly, it's a name, the paraclete. Now, why a tugboat? Think about ocean-going ships, those great big tankers and, and um, freight ships that, are, that they can traverse the ocean, the wide ocean, with no problem at all. But when it comes time for them to come into the ship channel, to come in through narrow inlets, they can't negotiate that. They can't navigate that very well because the channel is shallow and they may go aground. So the tugboat, the paraclete, comes alongside them, guides them, and assists them through these narrow channels so that they can come to the dock safely. Sometimes our lives get into tight places and we can't negotiate or navigate those spaces very well and we need a power to come alongside of us to help us to navigate those diff difficult places so that we can arrive safely at the dock. This is what we are promised. God is with us always to guide us, to comfort us, to bring us to the safe place. And as we come to celebrate this, we call it communion, to be together with. Together with God, together with one another. That's the, the visible sign of God present with us always. Communion is a very important time for me because when we celebrate communion, particularly on All Saints Day, we remember those brothers and sisters, parents, members of our family, loved ones who came before us. We call that the communion of saints, where we are all gathered together as one, whether we're physically present or not. That communion of saints also includes the future, which God holds in God's hands. Our grandchildren's grandchildren's grandchildren. We don't know. But God is faithful. How long? Not just two weeks. Not just a month. Forever. Forever. So what need do we have to be afraid? Why do you think it is that Jesus tells us over and over and over again, don't be afraid. I am with you. I will be with you till the end of the age. This visible reminder that we celebrate together is all grace. It is all grace. You don't have to sign up for a subscription. It's free. God offers this every moment of every day of your life. Grace showers itself down upon us. And what God wants more than anything else is for us to be aware 
to be in the presence. Because in the presence of God, there is no fear. The book of Revelation tells us that at the end of the age, there will be no more tears. There will be no more pain. All of that is gone. That's life in eternity. This grace that we receive from God is what Mr. John Wesley, one of my friends, calls a grand channel of grace. And my image for that is, uh, if you've ever been to New Orleans at the mouth of the Mississippi River and seen that flood just continue to roll on by, that's a grand channel. And God offers that grace to us in a grand channel. It's splashing all over this place right here and right now. That grace is available always. And we commemorate that here in this place. So I invite you, my heart to your heart. Experience that sense of presence that comes from God, that sense of comfort that is always available to you. For God is always offering this to each and every one of us. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks for your comforting presence within us and among us. For the way in which you Work yourself through our lives in a tapestry that is beautiful, where the strands work together for good, for us and for this world. We thank you for your grace, which you bestow upon each one of us for that love divine which comes down from heaven and comes into our hearts. We thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.